Good evening, Mitsus. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a podcast that used to be about books and crying. This is a season two of Read It and Weep, uh, specifically episode 41 of the second season. Uh, it's starting to get a little gross, even in the second season numbering, so we may have to have a new season soon. Um, we are, I'm, I am joined by a terrific panel. Anthony is still out for a bit, but we're joined today by, in Northern California, Mr. Ezra Fox. Hug me. Uh, and mm, that feels good. I, I know the I know the I know the sign did not actually talk. No. But so there's like that's what the voice sounded like in your head. I mean, how else? Look, it's a it's an audio medium, Alex. I have to say something, right? No, I agree. But I was trying to remember when a character said that, but it wasn't. It was the sign. It was the sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Did Stephen Hawking say you want to get hugged? <laughs> Weird guest star, but he did a good job, you know? 1991, he was everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was before the chair took over, right? <laughs> so they mailed it. They're, you know, I think it was symbiotic. I think they're, they're I, I, I don't know, 50 chair, 50 Steven. I think it was a good, it was a good duo. People need to write more. That's like the Laurel and Hardy of their time. <laughs> this is a very uh, lighthearted version of this conspiracy theory. Anthony's version is much darker, where the chair took over years ago and ran everything, and he had no control over what was happening anymore. I mean, this seems on brand for both of us, right? <laughs> exactly. It's exactly what I would expect. Also joining us, we have a very special guest from uh, Los Angeles, California, at Bree Pruitt on social. Please welcome back, Bree Pruitt. Hello. I really, um, it was hard for me to get to the podcast today because as a woman, I just spend most of the days playing with my own breasts. <laughs> Not all the jokes aged the best. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I really like that one because of its like insanity. Yes. Actually, a lot of I, a lot of OG Steve Martin stuff is like that, you know, just bonkers. Yeah, yeah. and like low key objectifying women, but in kind of an absurd way, so you don't think about it too much. Yeah, you also probably spent seven hours getting ready for this show and couldn't choose. A oh, jacket. that. Oh one yes, I was not... doing. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing a thirty minute lip. <laughs> <laughs> I did just see someone do a uh, um, face yoga pitch on Shark Tank, so uh, that is like one of those things that maybe is closer than it, to real than joke. So, some some of these, like some of these, I think were like like either prophetic or just like, oh yeah, that's that's still about right. And others, other parts, like other bits, I guess, were like, oh, this feels a little early nineties. I have so dated. many things where I was like, is that what L.A. was like? Um, that there's like, so many things I did not associate with Los Angeles. Like the first thing that came to my mind was. Uh, there, where there was a four-way stop and everyone was politely waving everybody. That is not my vers- like. That's a Portland thing. That's it, Portland, Oregon, one hundred percent. I yeah. do not think of that as L.A. So if L.A. had that problem too, that seems nice. I think it's a nod to like, oh, there's so much driving here. There's so many car accidents, huh, okay. and yeah, the car accidents was, was good. And because everything is so, um, I really love the opening, the title credits that are like a ballet, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I thought the I thought the cars might have been doing something like that. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, well, yeah, so bad. There's bad driving, and, the, and the, I guess the there are fewer, I think, highway shooting driving things there. So now I'm going to say so oh, that yeah, bit. the highway shooting joke. Oh man. Okay. So let me catch everybody else up. Yeah. So we are talking <laughs> today about L.A. Story, the 1991 film starring Steve Martin. And uh, written and starring Steve Martin. Um, and the reason we are watching L.A. Story from 1991 is because this is the beginning of a section of the podcast that we are calling Alexit. Ooh. <laughs> we can also call it To Live in L.A. 
Yeah. Dot, that. dot, dot. And then we'll later. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. 40 years Hope or so. You don't have to finish that. <laughs> to live forever in LA, Alex. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll work out just great for you. Um, I'm, I'm How about to it. live and lie down in LA? Mm, okay. oh, to live yeah. and take a nap. <laughs> Cryogenic. So, uh, good suggestions, but we're gonna. I'm gonna stick with Alexit so far. You haven't beaten it. Um, so what's happening? Alexit. What's the weather today? <laughs> I am. Uh, it responded. It, it, it thinks that's the same too. Oh man, it's yeah. Um, uh, also funny that in this 1991 joke there or movie, there was a joke about. Um, trying to have uh, something understand your voice and it getting it wrong. Yeah. And so while we're talking about this movie, for you to be, I mean, a long time later, still having trouble with voice recognition software is very. So that was like not just prophetic, but it's kind of like sad that we were still bad at we were bad at this this long ago. Twenty eight years later, haven't fixed Man. it. Yeah, thank you for doing the math. There's literally no way for me to figure that out. Um, <laughs> numbers. I gave it a chance, and then a long time ago. Um, so yeah, this is our this is the beginning of a legs. So the the big in big personal news, I am going to be moving to Los Angeles soon. I'm going to be joining Bree in her yeah, city. Bud. In fact, I will be joining both of you as a Californian coming up. Yeah, I feel like you still are skipping over me generally. So yes, I'm, I'm driving right fully through. We might <laughs> say hi on the way. <laughs> Just to, yeah, if you want to stop by in and out, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll meet you in an in and out on the way through. Great. Um, you'll be the in, and then um. Huh. Yeah, don't think about it. So we, uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're moving to LA in a couple of weeks. And so I thought oh a good gosh. introduction uh, to the city would be to watch a bunch of uh, uh, movies about Los Angeles specifically to make, because that's too easy. There's too many movies about LA to make it a little more narrow movies that are about LA and have LA in the title is, our, is my goal. So uh, we've got a bunch of good possibilities coming up from that including escape from la battle for la la confidential live and die in la and then also the more obscure magnolia where it does have la but with an eye in the middle oh really, really and the stretch. player blade runner la in the middle of blade alex you could just not do that part why is it <laughs> Why? Why is that the title part important? It's not. I uh, well, partially because there's too many, and then also because um, as I was chatting with us when we we're brainstorming stuff by email, like <laughs> one of the things that I love for the show is I love very specific themes, and then trying to break it. So I break the rules. I want to make own an, making. Obs- an annoying rule and then try to get around it. So All right, buddy. That's why like I wanted like so I like the LA in the title and then Blade Runner. That's really fun for me. Okay. Um, can't, but I can't wait for you to be paying sales tax, Alex. You feel like you really are. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that is also something I'm looking forward to. But so we're going to be talking about LA for the next few weeks as I get ready to move and then as I move uh, and then as I am uh, sad and alone in LA. So um all of that coming up. But we're starting with LA story. Um, which I had. E- this is a. This is a, just a delight. So I asked you, Bree, to be on the Ballers episode, and you said oh my no. Wait, ball. No, it's that's Al. It can't. Doesn't work. It's flipped. <laughs> that's for our Al month when I moved to Al, <laughs> Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Um, so I asked you to be on Ballers, and you said uh, no. I am available, but I'm not watching Ballers with you. <laughs> And uh, then I asked you to do... I stand by that decision. Yeah, totally I've heard, good call. I've heard it's gotten very bad. Oh, really? It's Elizabeth Warren's favorite show. Oh, that's right. 
<laughs> That's a weird fact we learned afterwards. Um, yeah. It was okay. It was not that terrible. Uh, it had some enjoyable moments. It's one of these shows. Okay, so I tried to watch more of it after after we did the pod. I like had a few more episodes, and I was like, I liked this enough. And I put it on, and I was like, oh, when I don't have to watch this, I am not enjoying it. So okay. I think it was like pretty good for an assignment, not great for like an enjoyable watch. Mm. Um, it's like building a, a volcano that really works. <laughs> like for an assignment, it's pretty sick, but you're, like, you're not going to do it on the weekend. Yeah, and then when you have to like live with the lava in your house. Yeah, it's a whole paper mache thing. Because what do you do with it after that? Yeah. It's a, yeah, what do you do? Um, that's ballers. That's ballers. <laughs> <laughs> you really just knocked it out of the park with that metaphor, Brie. Thank you. Everybody who is having trouble understanding ballers now, they're like, oh, we get it. Um, so, it's awkward. It's messy. But then, Brie, ha- so I emailed you about this movie, and what did you say? I said, all caps, this is my favorite movie. And I hadn't, mm. we had no idea. And so it was like you were being rewarded for saying no to ballers. For being like, discerning. Yeah, for having, yeah. for standing up for what you believe in. Yeah. The universe. The universe rewarded you with L.A. story. So I guess we'll start there. Tell us that this is your favorite. This is one of your favorite movies. It's in it's in the top five for sure. Yeah, I've a, I'm a huge Steve Martin fan. I yeah. think it's the philosophy. And you like that shit, right? You went to college for that. I did also study philosophy. I do. Like, <laughs> I would never say like I like that shit. But I did. Uh, I do have a degree in that shit, I guess. Mm-hmm. I like that. It so does is. Ezra. Yeah. Oh really? It. Yeah, yeah. We neither of us were great students, I don't think. Nope. All right. I, <laughs> um, but you went on to get a master's in something else, so yeah, it right. feels like you are even less in love with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, right, like, here's the thing: if philosophy is like you have to like pay attention to other people who've had ideas. Like, if you do creative writing after that, you're just like, you know what? I I can be even more solipsistic than that, and it's fine. <laughs> what uh, solipsistic mean? You know, you that's, that's, that's what you need a philosophy degree that. for. That's <laughs> That's 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 oh, where no. that's where that's where no one exists outside your own mind, and you and can't no even one. afford to know what this means. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think of Steve Martin as a, a heady comedian, and I think that's what I responded to mm. early on. And yeah, I think of him as heady and absurd. And then later, when I got deep into like you know his books about you know this movie and. Um, Roxanne is one of my favorite movies ever, which he adapted from Cyrano de Bergerac, you know? So it's real nerdy stuff, and his plays, you know, and his books are real nerdy. Um, And he's also terrible at writing women, okay? But everything else about him, I really responded to. And at the, you know, when I was very young, I didn't understand uh, the Begdell test and stuff, so it was fine. It worked fine. Uh, But there were a lot of jokes um, that, I don't know, it's just that didn't really hit me, and I thought I was too young, and guess what? I watched it again, and I missed a whole bunch of them. <laughs> oh, interesting! I still don't understand. Like it's. Do you, it, do you, you have know, an, a, for example off the top of your? Yes, head? I do have for an example. Okay, do you remember when they they uh, the chance meeting in Santa Barbara? So they're kind of you know in these fluxy relationships, and they are uh, two couples uh, that kind of want to fuck each other in Santa Barbara. And then he's walking away and he hears this like clanging and he says to the guy, what is that clanging? And he says, oh, it's my testicles. It's such a nuisance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does that mean that he has like big balls or like, (laughs) but like nothing he did before that implied that he was like 
brave or anything. Um, yeah, I okay. Um, I feel like it's not. It's like I don't read too much into it. Kind of joke where it's just like that's like that's a like because there's just some non sequiturs, yeah. you know. Like I, I don't think it was like a. It wasn't like a proved out by his character type thing. I think it's yeah, just like... I guess I have sort of this feeling like if you... Okay, this is my best guess. Because now that you say this, I do not... I don't think I got it either. But like the story I made up in my head at the time was like... He had sex a lot. And so they felt heavy. <laughs> Did they- yeah, but that's not how balls work. I'm an adult. Um, <laughs> now you know. Sure, but, but, but an adult who's never, you know, really test-driven a pair... Um, we don't know her life, right? I we hung out, um, right, Bree? Like, yeah, but you know that I don't have balls, so that's, that's what I meant. intimate. Yeah, um, um, but I yeah, I guess I just I feel like that's a thing that I have heard people say. Oh my, it's balls like, are so heavy. You know what? It is? Oh man, it's like like everything else. I only know things from other movies because <laughs> um, I have no life experience myself. But um, in uh, uh, what was the uh, the movie with Keanu Reeves and the Devil. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Devil, uh, Devil's Advocate. De- Devil's Advocate, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the the um, yeah, man, he's uh, the Devil has a has a line about just how like he's had he's had sex and his balls feel like concrete. Huh. Um, Weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do, do those, not. Does concrete clang? We need to watch a movie about concrete. Maybe in movies, when (laughs) men have had sex, their balls are metal. I don't know. I I, think Ezra's right. I think it's just like a wow, that was weird. Because like, because I mean, same thing. Where it's like the there's there's just ball jokes, right? There's the whole thing with like um uh like the different museum, like in the in the music places. Oh yeah. Was it like uh, Beethoven's (laughs) balls? Yeah. it's not what? like like Beethoven, Beethoven had great balls. I think it's just balls are funny. It's just like balls are, are unexpected yeah. and funny. It's, 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 it's hard to argue with that logic. I mean, it does feel like, uh, especially now where it's like in comedy, we've been overrun with dick jokes. I still find a balls joke to be more delightful. <laughs> it's like surprising and different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's 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 the thing with this. I think movies just there, there was a lot of, I mean, for, I, I agree that like uh, Steve Martin definitely has like some, Headier, like philosophical stuff, and which is super fun, and like to have like some, I guess, uh, nice, uh, I guess Shakespeare riffs as well. But it just he's very in. There's like there's no type of joke that he is not into. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's a great way to say that. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's do a quick uh, summary of what we are enjoying in this movie so far. Um, so uh, let's, uh, let's what we've been doing recently has been doing a one character at a time summary. So let me we'll just take turns. Um, giving an overview of a character. Um, so, Bree, do you want to start us and tell us about Steve Martin? What's his deal? Oh, Harris K. Telemacher? Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, that's the only... I, I, I have definite, like, mom brain. Like, I forgot Michelle Pfeiffer's name for, like, three weeks. Uh-huh. And I refuse to look it up. Um, <laughs> but I remember Harris K. Telemacher's name. What a, what a moniker. Yeah. So, he is a weatherman. He's got his lane. Like, he's got... He knows how to get to work super fast, and he takes all these wacky shortcuts. Yeah. He knows how to, um, you know, he's chill in an earthquake. You know, <laughs> he knows how much the earthquake um, is right away. He's yeah. a he's a meteorologist. He's a wacky meteorologist. He is, you know, so he makes good a, money. A genre that was happening in early nineties was there? Were there? I don't like, think he invented weather people. 
No, but no, but like a comedy weather person who's not even giving particularly interesting, like not giving information. It's like mostly. It's Bill Murray and Groundhog yeah, Day it's like, too. It's right around there. Oh, that's true. He did that. Same basic era too. I mean, yeah. I think you know they're in these romantic comedies. You have to show people are making enough money, but have a, enough leisure time. So it's always like architect. Yeah, I was gonna say interior yeah. designer. Yeah, I think uh, Weatherman's a good one. That's a good point. Um, so yeah so he's got a boring relationship he's got some you know that relationship ends he's got some flirtations he's in like a midlife i don't know he meets an interesting woman he's got a cool female best friend who might be gay or just as a woman roommate who we see a lot of for some reason yeah Mm -hmm. and then um and he does whimsical shit but um he's also he does whimsical shit like as a hobby he yeah. roller skates through museums. Well, it's just he's waiting for YouTube to be invented. And yeah, he's trying exactly. to do YouTube stunts. But then, um, obviously, that'll uh, really matter a lot in the plot later, right? Uh, for sure, that wouldn't be just a fun, weird thing. Like, there's got to be a reason, right? No way. Steve Martin just wanted to write roller skating through an art museum into a movie. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what it feels like, because he, like... And and uh, my my wife saw this as a kid, and this that's the one thing she remembers. She's like, "Is that where he roller skates through an art museum?" So it's and it's an iconic thing that, as far as I can tell, n- no particular reason. Well, he later does it again, and you know, bumps into uh, right like he, um, what was it Sarah McDowell, right? Like, yeah, it happens twice. So there's there's they have a second meet cute around. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it's just like, I think oh, it's this just is like, a weird hobby and so that's why he runs into her later. Okay. He's, yeah. a, he's a manic pixie dream boy, oh, you know? Yeah. And, and, we're, and we're seeing that he is, he is, it, okay, so the movie really sets him out to be both an insider, right? He's an LA guy. He, 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 he's on TV in LA, but he's kind of an outsider because he and this English broad who he meets are always laughing at how crazy LA is. Oh my gosh. Flossing <laughs> at the table. Disgusting, by the way. Disgusting that they're flossing at the table. <laughs> yeah, that was gross, but it was funny that they, that the waiter brought out floss. Yes, it was. And it was diet floss or regular. Yeah, yeah, diet yeah. Um, so. So he does the wacky things and he's in relationships. That's Steve Martin. Uh, Ez, who's a character we need to know? Uh, I mean, we should probably know about uh, Sarah McDowell, who yes. is played by Victoria Tennant, who was Steve Martin's wife at the time. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I did not know that at the time when I saw it as a kid. Uh, yeah, that's but pretty impressive that she managed to get that role. What which a, <laughs> so nice to be able to work with your husband. That's amazing. I mean, it's, I, think it's, it's, I think it's sweet that he... Like I think clearly wrote this for her, uh, and I think that's a that's that's a nice one. I don't know, yeah. uh, I, I, it's, it's it's a good vibe there. Uh, basically, yeah, she's I think like also has um, I think uh, definitely shades of manic pixie dream girl as well. Uh, the the British version, so maybe like add like an extra e to one of those words. <laughs> um, dream, yeah, ye, ye old manic ye old, pixie yeah. dream girl. <laughs> manic pixie. We clearly understand what England is. Um, uh, uh, and, manic uh, pixie dream princess. Yeah, they're all princesses, right? right. Um, or uh, uh, dame princess, or no, uh, dame pixie dream girl. Anyway, never mind. Okay, right. yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, um, basically, uh, manic he, pixie dream dame. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure you need to hit, turn around and go back for that one. Uh, 
<laughs> but but anyway, uh, yeah. So basically, they they uh, she 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 comes to to L.A. to to write a story about L.A. I guess L.A. is maybe like maybe England's just figuring out about L.A. at the time. It's like, oh, guys, this is weird stuff going on here. We should all check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, they I don't know they 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 fall in love. There's there's a there's another there's an ex uh, husband um, who I guess I can't mention because I've only got one character at a time. Yeah. Uh, he he's got some interesting ball situations that that again don't really come back, but um, it's it's a thing, uh, and uh, and yeah, I don't know. They they, they with the help of a sign, uh, they they do end up making it work. I yeah, go ahead, Bree. Do those signs exist in other cities? Yeah, we have um, traffic uh, signboards in Portland now. Since you've left, there's a bunch of them have been popping up, um, and mostly they just say "traffic head, go slow." Um, which you would have done anyway. Can I yeah. can I talk about a weird subplot that was cut from this movie? Um, yes. Sh- sure. Yes. Okay. So there's actually an explanation for why the um the the traffic sign uh, oh. talks in the original script. Awesome. Oh. There was an alien going around programming <laughs> the signs to be able to speak to people. Interesting. And, awesome. And to help, like I think, basically generally improve, um, uh, I guess, life for people in L.A., uh, the person who um, Steve Martin wrote this character for, I think, uh, was not able to, like, I think was, like, for health reasons, not able to, to shoot. Um, and, uh, and so, as a result, they just cut out this whole alien subplot. And I don't... Whoa! Yeah. Huh. So... I... I you know, I'm not sure that I would have thought the movie was better with the alien. Uh, I yeah, I mean, I think it's I think kind, kind of thing where I think there might have been like a there was an explanation I think in Groundhog Day at, for one right, of the original yeah, yeah, drafts. Yeah. There was like a oh, curse. Sorry, and it was it was John uh, John uh, Pertwee, uh, who's uh, one of the one of the old Doctor Who's uh, who oh, who, oh. who was the guy uh, who they, who he wanted for it. But um, but yeah, uh, Pertwee. I don't know. I don't. I actually don't so, know how to pronounce. Let me actually use that to to segue into my. I guess my character will be the road sign. So um, sure. if you're not in Los Angeles or similar cities now, it's just an electric signboard above the freeway that gives you like traffic warnings. And in this particular case, it's also for reasons unknown, but unofficially perhaps alien based. Um, it uh, is fully magic. So it not only gives some important life advice to Steve Martin, it also has the power from a distance to take control of your car, to hack into your car's system and open the doors, force you to get in, drive you to itself so that it can tell you things and how to behave. And it is its advice does lead... Um, oh, also it has predictive future powers. So it's like it's not just trying to help. It also like knows the future. And it helps Steve Martin... Um, uh, get, woo his current wife, but mm-hmm. then um, also none. Not all of the advice seems awesome. Like the uh, like she seemed upset that he had kissed her that one time when the road sign was like kiss her right now. Um, to yeah, stop her it, was, from it probably should like a if they made it again, it would be like clearly ask for consent right now. Like, <laughs> well, yes, yeah, and all like, of a we should just have more of those signs. Like that's not a bad idea. What, just, you mean like uh, so that he didn't have to drive all the way to that one? No, no, no. I was saying just right now we should have more science explicitly talking about consent. Oh, it's yeah, like, for sure. It's like, like just, yeah, some classic. You're driving down the freeway. You look up and it's like uh, lane uh, lanes closed on the left up ahead. Hey, make sure everybody else is into it. Yeah. Just just get more of it, man. Like, yeah. 
That's that's a that get where are aliens programming those signs? <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, so there's, a, there's the fa- the magic uh, the freeway traffic condition sign um, that that controls his destiny um, is my character. There's a couple of other minor ones. Wait, let me do Sandy. Yeah, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. Check in on Sandy. Sandy is, is probably my favorite character in the film. Um, she is like the young woman. She works in um, a weird retail L.A. store. Um, that Harris goes to and buys some pants and then he goes on a date with. She's Polly. Um, she's like spinning. Her boyfriend isn't. Her boyfriend isn't Polly, but he's supporting her for now. And, um, man, it's just like young Sarah Jessica Parker is so gorgeous, spirited. She's really hitting a character hard, which you don't think of because, you know, after Sex in the City, like she's just Carrie forever, but yeah. or she's like neurotic. So for her to be like just a wacko West Coast, um, you know, Carefree LA fun lady, just a rollerblading lady, you know, I love that. She um, is a goddamn delight in this movie. It's she's a tour de force. So fun. This was a big and, movie for a big role for her, also. I think I remember reading because like she. It was kind of typecast as like a mousy kind of uh, square act- pegs, yeah, right? yeah. And so like after this, she was like this was the first time that anyone saw her as like sexy, and like that kind of opened up, uh, I oh. guess, uh, sexy witch later on. Yes, uh, and, and and like, can you imagine a world where that's not po- where like that wasn't possible? Yeah. Like In- an important play, and, and I have to say, like the role is really set up to be. You know, she sort of she sort of only exists as a counter to Harris, but it's like a really textured, nuanced character. And he even says like, no, I couldn't possibly like, it's, it's the perfect like woke boy out, you know, for like 1991 where he's like, oh, I couldn't possibly take you with me to Santa Barbara because I'm in love with this other woman, you know? And so I would just be using you for sex. And she was like, oh, well that's cool. And he's like, okay, let's go. And um, yeah, it's kind of both an out for Steve Martin to be like, you know, moral moralistic, yeah. but um, it also like kind of gives her agency about her sexuality, which I love also. Yeah, and it ends up like even though she is there to like be part of his midlife crisis, she also is like more interesting than him and then goes back to her other interesting life and seems like not ruined by this douchebag who floats yeah he's by. the one all anxious yeah. she's like oh people to have dinner with fun santa barbara <laughs> yeah she's yeah exactly yeah when, when with the his other love yeah she's just she is just so much fun and it's not a role that i've seen her in and i enjoyed it thoroughly for those who enjoy us um sandy i also recommend sarah jessica parker's role in miami rhapsody Hmm. Oh, I don't know Miami it's Rhapsody. Not, it's not even yeah, a, it's not a Rhapsody don't. that I know about. Yeah, I know the In Blue <laughs> and I know the Bohemian. So this yeah, is those the, are the only two I can think of too. Are there other Rhapsodies? Miami. Rhapsody and um, White from Best in Show. Who was the dog's name? Oh, there was that. <laughs> but if we're getting down to dog characters, like we're in minor Rhapsodies. Wasn't there that, Rhapsody. that that like Napster wannabe? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh okay. Good. Those are the those are the big ones. So um, that's the that's the bulk of it. That's enough of it. That's uh, the L.A. story. It's a rom com uh, about Steve Martin. The relationships, the romantic part of it. Uh, a bit not straightforward, a little bit confusing. Um, before we get to that, though, I want to talk about uh, our fall segment, Compliment Spice Latte. So mm-hmm. I want everyone 
to give a not necessarily seasonally appropriate, but just one compliment. What was your favorite thing from the movie? Um, Ezra, why don't you take this one first? And we've all been like doing a lot of like how great Sandy is. So I'll just yeah. I'll just like tag on really quickly. We didn't actually specifically mention the spelling of her name yet. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Um. So it was okay. Big S, little A, big N. Nope. Oh shit! <laughs> all right, three. Can you do it? Big S, little A, little D, big D, little E, big E, star. Close. You said is two, that wrong? You said two D's, so it's big S. No, I said E. Well, no, no, but you I said didn't. N. Big S, little A, little N, big D, little E, big E, asterisk. Yes. Um, okay. Sandy. Um, and this is a joke because uh, Steve Martin compliments her name being Sandy because so many people have like silly names now, and she is like, or silly spellings, and she's like, oh, but I do. Yeah, it's pretty. It was. I liked that a lot, and also, like, I I do like when people put like non uh like alphanumeric like characters in their names. There was like a someone I knew in high school who was Amber with an exclamation point after it, which <laughs> fucking go for it, you know? Like, uh, yeah, real mixed feelings on that one. I think no, it's good, man. That's the kind of thing where it's like if you think of it first, it's great. And so, Amber, I'm a fan. Uh, (laughs) All right, I'll take that. Um, Why don't I go second? So, you know, we mentioned this. This this is a gag-heavy movie. Um, There's just a lot of just, like, straight-up gags. And uh, the one that I I liked the most, I think, is the ATM robbery gag. Oh, yeah. So, there's a line for the ATM. Oh, yeah. Take out some cash. And then there's a parallel line next to it of muggers... And so as a person gets their money out of the ATM, they turn and are mugged and hand the money to the mugger who leaves and the next mugger steps forward for the next person. And when he, when Steve Martin gets mugged, his mugger's like, I, my name is and I'll be robbing you tonight. And he's like, oh, nice to meet you. And like, it's just a very polite and cordial robbery. And uh, just the casual mugging gag uh, really got me. I think that's, yeah, that's like a through line for a lot of things I actually really liked about it, where it's just like, it is like this, like, chaos treat as normal. It's like, it's like yes. that's, I think, why I liked the, um, the, the highway shooting, like, uh, gag, where it's yes, like... Yes, that was another gag that I enjoyed, where it was like, oh, it's spring, grab my gun. And then everyone on the, on the freeways is just, like, shooting guns at each other over their driving. But no one's killing anybody. It's just sort of like, oh, all this gunfire, better it's duck. Fun. Yeah, it's fun, I, I, I'm going to need to ask yeah. a follow-up question about that one, because... Mm. The the setup for that, and I rewind it again because I thought I was missing something. It says, so it's the first day of spring is what comes over the, the radio. And he's like, what did he say? The first day of spring? Open season on the LA freeway. Yeah. And I'm like, what does open season oh, mean? What's first yeah. day of spring mean? So I assume that's like a hunting joke where it's yeah. like during certain parts of the year, you can't oh, hunt certain animals. So it's like, oh, the first day of spring, all of a sudden it's open season on a, like deer or something. Um, as opposed to like if you need a tag to hunt a certain animal. Um, so yeah, it's just like, oh, spring, you're allowed to hunt people on the freeway um, for this season only because you want it. Yeah. Dang, and, yeah. that's really funny. I totally missed that. Phrase. But even if you don't get that part, just the idea that, you know, LA is violent is the is yeah. the gag. And so there's like a lot of road rage. And so just like, oh, but this is the time when we can, you know, purge style, we're allowed to shoot up the freeway. Um, it was, yeah, it was a fun, just like absolutely bonkers moment that yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, same, same same with the earthquake thing, where it's just like I like that, yeah. like everyone's super cash in there. Yes, an earthquake goes off for a very long time, and nobody cares except for the British lady who's like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. Um, 
that also is like aging well right now. And then when everyone in California dies in the same earthquake, it'll be like, Ugh. I mean, no one to say I told you so though at that point. So we're good. Yeah, that would right. That's the main <laughs> danger. Um, uh, Brie, what is your compliment spice latte for LA story? Okay, I gotta give a shout out to the weatherman Patter. Yeah, when he is doing his thing on TV, it is so funny. Um, it's also like smart and dumb at the same time. Like this entire movie, um, you know, where he's like, "It's gonna be seventy-one degrees in Pasadena." Oh, I'm sorry, that's Pasadena, and. Uh, you know, and it's the toupee report. And he like oh, goes yeah. to someone's house and interviews them when uh the, the temperatures drop to a startling fifty-eight degrees. Yeah, what did they do? How did they deal with it? Yeah, and the toupee report was just like, is it gonna be windy or not? Yeah. So do you have to worry about your toupee? And if it's too windy, wear a hat. That was a great gag. Like that part I was like, actually, if this was a local weatherman, this would be pretty funny. This is like And then yeah, go if ahead. If it's I'm holding sorry, up in a comedy movie as a gag, even okay, a little bit okay, <laughs> as a local news weather report gag, it would be very funny. Mm, that would kill. It would be insane. And uh, what's so funny is that like Woody Harrelson is the station manager in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Sick cameo. There's a, a lot of good cameos, Woody guys. Woody Harrelson. Very young Woody Harrelson. And also, like, um, you know, Woody Harrelson is playing, like, the kid in the, you know, who's, like, in charge of the candy store, right? Yeah. How, did they even ever justify why there was such a young station nope. manager? No. Nope. Uh, I mean, it's that it's such, like, a rich backstory just right there, you know? And it kind of reminds me of the Groundhog Day backstory where it's like, oh, it's a new producer, you know? Yeah. Um, so Woody Harrelson says, like, oh, man, you got to stop with all this intellectual shit. And <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, and I just, like, love that part of being a comedian, just that moment of being a comedian where you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I, I fell down on stage to make these people laugh. Like, but you don't think that's dumb enough? What do you want me to do? Like, yeah. I can't. And a person who does not really, it doesn't seem to understand comedy is like, no, 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 this is what you make, this is how you do your job. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, who, who, I mean, aside from, aside from Woody Harrelson, who was your favorite, um, your favorite cameo? Uh, if, if Patrick Stewart. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Patrick Stewart was the maitre d' at the restaurant, which, um, how did they pronounce it? Lidio. Lidio. Lidio, yeah, yeah, which is La Idiot uh, is their French restaurant that they go to. Oh, another awesome gag, which was that he tries to get a reservation at this fancy new restaurant, and they... they go to the bank for his proof of funding and then ask him, well, what are you thinking about ordering? And like, oh, you can't you can't afford the duck, but you could have chicken. And um, that financial back part, that was a great gag. Uh, but also Patrick Stewart as the the really mean Mater D was very fun. Mm-hmm. Chevy Chase had a had a cameo at the restaurant at Lidio, mm-hmm. and and he goes, "Hey, uh, Patrick Stewart says, hey, you want your normal table?" And Chevy Chase says, "No, I'd like a good one this time." <laughs> And Patrick Stewart says no, oh, yeah. and he says, "Oh, is that part of the new cruelty?" <laughs> yeah, the new cruelty. <laughs> that that part of L.A. they they nailed. Like, yeah. oh, Mary Lou Henner also as uh, Harris's first girlfriend in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she was amazing, and like that, they really nailed that part of L.A. Like the the statusy the, part, the statusy part, and the kind of gossip, and like the kind of. 
you know, like, what, are you going to be bent out of shape because I was having an affair? You saw it coming, you yeah. know, like. Right, right, right. Yeah, she's like, yeah, the way she handles the fact that she's been cheating on him for, th- oh, and it was for three years, this is a movie came out in 91, and he's like, wait, you've been cheating on me since the 80s? <laughs> oh, that's a great joke. Um, yeah. A lot of punchlines in this thing. Yeah, yeah gag it's, heavy. It's really, yeah. I like for, the way I'm, you guys are both, like, the, 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 the truth you've come to together about this movie, which is it's, like, smart and dumb at the same time, and I enjoy I enjoy that, and that's a good description of Steve And Martin. then there's also this, like, weird spooky-dookie faith thing, yeah. you know, like, where there's... Well, it was aliens, um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't know that it was aliens because it was accompanied by, like, Brigadoon fairy music everywhere. Yeah. Oh, my God, guys, you think the Bible is just actually aliens, but, like, we just cut out that scene? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, one of the, yeah, the apostles were like, look, we just have this whole side story about aliens. It's really slowing down the plot. Um, we can't get the alien that we want, actually. And so let's just, let's, <laughs> yeah, we'll just take it out. It's look, fine. For the, let's just focus these gospels down on a couple of small things. Let's do one story well instead of two, you know, badly. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. One, two, three, apostles. It just feels like sign fairies or something, you know, or like yeah. sign sign sprites. Sign sprites. Yeah, the probably my favorite sign gag is where there's like a riddle, and then the whole movie is trying to figure out the riddle, and then in the end, the riddle is not very important, and the guys and the sign says, "I had to think of something." But, yeah, yeah. That I sounds mean, like a rewrite as hell, dude. Yeah, I love it. Because uh, I was yeah. definitely during the movie, I was like, "I'm smart. I'll figure out this. I'll figure out this unscramble." And I had no idea. Well, no, because I was like, "I've seen this before. I'll figure this out." <laughs> <laughs> no, still no, still no. <laughs> um, uh, so I guess this is so. This is the the main question that I um, I have for this movie and for all of the movies during the Alexit period is like. How does this depict L.A., uh, both in accuracy and also in appealingness? How how much do we like L.A. based on L.A. Story's version of it? Well, it's very unappealing in this version. I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, they talk about it like it's nice, but they only show horrifying things. I did like that it was mostly 72 and sunny. That seemed nice, although also quaint. It's very hot now. Um, I mean, I don't know. My, my reading was that, like, yeah, this is, like, clearly messed up. But I, I did think there was some warmth in the way that, like, Steve Martin was, like, depicting it. Like, I, I think he, like, he's like, this is messed up, but I still like it. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like this wasn't a movie meant to, like, by somebody who hated the city. This is someone who was, like, especially because his character. Yeah, that, to, like, that convince- person made Crash. <laughs> Which we'll never watch because R.A. doesn't do us any good. It was La Crash. <laughs> I didn't actually watch Crash. So that's an anti-L.A. movie. Uh, I mean, it's an anti... Well, whatever. It's 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 a, uh, I don't think that's one that aged super well. Uh, oh. Even like when it was out. It was like it was like it was like it was like white folks. We feel bad about this, don't we? Yeah. Let's oh. get that movie going. Ooh, okay. Um. Yeah, I guess. It, I guess so, it, side it, note, side note. All right, sorry. In full disclosure, when I saw Crash, I absolutely liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it's important to say also, like both sides of it. Yeah, I um, mean, it's basically what you're saying is like speaking of things that did not age well. My yeah. opinions. M- my opinions. Yeah. <laughs> Me. Me. Age poorly. I have anyway. not held up uh, as a. <laughs> Does it fuck? No. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. As as at twenty, uh, his opinions. No. They they do, they do not. Man, it's so weird because like I enjoyed. I thought you were so delightful at twenty. Um, and the fact that we we're friends means that in some way I seem delightful to you. I'm but also, so glad we were twenty at the same time. Exactly. Because... That's the key. 
That's yeah. I was gonna I was trying to figure out the mystery, but you saw it yeah, was actually a bad mystery it. and you solved it. We were um, both garbage, but equally so. <laughs> and we have it of like grown in like sim- simpatico ways. I'm looking forward to when we're both like fifty and we'll be like, Whew, the thirty four year old us is not great. <sighs> Did huh? not hold up. Ugh. That the <laughs> we're still doing the show. We're like, man, those that's season two shit. <laughs> Remember when we were talking about? Remember when we were talking about movies? Ugh, what was that about? This show is about um, sex games. Now, I don't know. That was the best <laughs> I could come up with. That was not God, related. Right. I'll give you a second take. Um, all right, the mission creep of the podcast is like we're a we're a geology podcast now. Yeah, everyone likes rocks, <laughs> volcanoes. Does it rock? Season twelve. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, every month is Rocktober now. All about rocks. Oh no. <laughs> Okay. Oh no! All right, so not a good idea, but one that I might do anyway. Next year for the Rocktober, we just go on geology field trips. Okay, good. Uh, wh- <laughs> what were we trying to talk about? All right, L.A. is we're it appealing? About the L.A. ness of this uh, movie and about of the and and like, sh- yeah. how does this make me? Should this change the way I feel about this move? Well, it's a hundred percent accurate about restaurants. Restaurants are very expensive here and yeah. annoying. I um, I guess the thing that I did like was the the patio that they were having lunch on seemed nice. There are a lot of patios here. It's a good mm-hmm. patio city because you can be outside uh, so often. Um, and actually, that's something I have experienced in my time in LA is that like in in Portland, the outside dining month is like Our- June, and I enjoy that part a lot. And I feel like it's my like I have a rule here that if I can eat outside, I should. Um, because it's just so infrequent. But in LA, I've done, a, I've done some great outdoor dining, and I like that about it. Hmm. I always like want to mock Portland restaurants with an outdoor space. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Where do you, what, like, how dare you? Yeah. Uh, like, is is this, can you could afford the rent on this, even though you can only use yeah. this patio for one month a year? Yeah. Um, also, like all the sidewalks go from being very like walkable to not during that one month because there's so many tables everyone sets up to try to like yeah. all of a sudden have more restaurant space. Uh, but I loved outdoor dining, so that's a uh, that was the thing that I th- even that scene I was not supposed to like it. I was like, this is a cool brunch. I think what's great and very LA about that brunch is everybody's talking about their thing, which yeah, <laughs> which are bad. Yeah, <laughs> everybody has some like narcissistic. Um, thing that is like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Um, the woman who says she's taking a class on conversation. Yes. Oh yeah, that was nice. That was good funny. joke. Um, I I guess I one thing about that, and then the uh, more about the idiot was that um, that didn't really affect me because I am not uh, I can't afford restaurants like that. So. When, yeah. it, when it was like all this stuff about idiot culture and like getting the right table and getting a reservation at a hard to get into restaurant, I was like, oh, that's not a problem I have to worry about for a while. Well, we got a lot of art museums with lax security. I like that for sure. Also, those shoes that were like, they weren't Heelys. The, oh, the yeah, wheels popped the, out the yeah, sides. The, the proto Heelys, yeah. Oh, man, that was a good shoe. Visionary. <laughs> yeah, I'd buy that now. Yeah, me too. Um, I like that part a lot. Um you can get Santa- Heelys, guys. You know those those are those are for sale, presumably. They, I think they do still exist, but I think uh, at one point I looked and they did not have them in my size. But they I top they, out at a twelve. Yeah, they probably. I mean, they probably sell a huge one, but um, let me let me check. I don't know. Heelys look interesting now. 
Um, I mean, this is true. I think that like that no one like walks or like you know does anything but drive in LA, and that was I think that was well depicted. Yeah, uh, the like, gag where they drive one block. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Oh yeah, they definitely do not go up to my size. <laughs> this tops out in an eight, and that's out of stock. So the highest in stock is six in okay. men's, which that's is not really happening for, for you. children. And this yeah. is under the adult section. I clicked specifically on adults, and that one only <laughs> went up to a size eight. Um, so yeah, maybe I'm just yeah I'm just too big. Um, oh wait, here we go. What is available in my size? Okay, there's like two or three that you could possibly get in my size. Okay. Hey, right. it's healing time. Man, these are ugly shoes. I would love the. I always wanted Heelys and I thought I was too big, so. No, the world is too small. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your support for some reason on that issue. You know what? You just needed to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, it didn't. It, so it did not make me scareder of moving. Um, oh, how did you feel about um, the casualty with which. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker suggests they get a, a an enema. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, the 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 colonic. Well, she was really into it, but then he was kind of like, "This feels like a stupid fad, right?" Um, it really clears out your head. <laughs> well, then I, they did mine wrong. Yeah, they're doing it wrong. So I remember that joke absolutely. Like from really? when I saw this, like yeah, no. Yeah. So there's there that was the thing. I guess I was I was surprised how many things I remembered from this, and I saw this probably too early. Uh, but my, this is one of the movies that, like, my mom was a big Steve Har- uh, Steve Martin fan, and I think this is like one of the ones that I think she really wanted us to watch. Um, and so I, I feel like I, it must. I, I know we didn't go to, to theaters for it, um, but like I, I gotta say, it's like probably when I was like seven or six or eight, and like I remember like definitely like the jokes about like uh, Sir Jessica Parker's like breasts being real. Like I remember that one having like sort of like oh. ask a bit like clarifying questions about that, right? Um, and uh, and yeah, this like is the, the one where they are in, they're making out, and he says your breasts feel weird, and she's like, "That's because they're real." Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a pretty funny joke. It was a surprising direction for that to go. Uh, yeah, there there's I think it's just a lot of it. Like a lot of the things like actually were I was surprised how many things like Rocket Man, how many were like uh, forever like you know impressed like on my on my young mind. Yeah, uh, that's so interesting the way your brain does that, where you like imprint yeah. on one joke. Yeah, I it makes me. I don't know, a lot more, I want to say, wary about what I am casually letting Caleb watch right now. I know, and but also the same on the same side, if you like, if you try to give him stuff that you want him to, he'll never remember it. That's true. It's um, only going to be the unfortunate weird stuff that he likes. Ne- yeah, it's to. never, whatever it is, it's never going to be what I think yes, he should exactly. actually pay attention to. Yeah. So I guess just, eh. Yeah. I, I quit. It, yeah, yeah, I, that's what I would say. Is like, don't bother. Okay. Maybe Thanks, the guys. maybe the only reasonable thing to do is just like give him so many images that it's just like the odds are whatever he prints yeah, on it would be bad. Right. It's sort of like yeah, a needle in a haystack of needles. Yes. <laughs> you know what they say? Throw the baby out with the bathwater. They do say that. That's exact. It's a direction. That's when that <laughs> saying is like a how to for babies. When it's too hard, you know, just yeah, throw it all yeah. out. Great. I'm uh, <laughs> I have. Where, but here's the thing: where does it go, right? Just now it's out. Just, it's just a wet baby outside. <laughs> now you gotta go get a baby. <laughs> Your life is harder. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, I will uh, just a quick update. Uh, Heelys.com has one shoe in my size available, and it is a get out of here. red, white, and blue American flag shoe um, that looks like a high top Converse All Star. So I can get a. 
If I want to look like a roller skating patriot, that's an option. <laughs> does it? Does is it priced at a price point where it's like, oh yeah, this is a good impulse buy? It is not For- priced at a joke price i would say <laughs> it's not the most expensive shoe it's only 70 bucks but that is okay. too high for a joke too high for a joke okay so guys if you want alex to spend his first month in la wearing these shoes you just have to send 70 dollars into the show i actually i would take this as a sponsorship for the price of 70 dollars. you can spot plus shipping uh probably um yeah uh yeah there's shipping so 70 plus shipping you can sponsor uh, episode where I just talk about wearing Heelys around Los Angeles for a week. <laughs> and maybe, Alex, you and I get to go to a museum. Very possible. And oh, wow. make, make a couple make of... Make a YouTube video. Make a couple of Vine videos oh, the man. way a little they intended. Yeah, it's a TikTok moment for right. sure. We do a little TikTok of me and Heelys. This is an option. $70 plus shipping. Sponsor now. Send us a so, podcast at redeshweek.com if you really want to do this. Also, uh, very possibly... <laughs> You will get to uh, also hear a bonus review of the hospital. <laughs> so, um, and when we say this is an option, we mean it's like this is an option. The way that like you can always like I don't know like rub onions into your eyes like directly. Like there's <laughs> lots of options in the world. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to take most of them. All right. Um, so I guess it's time for a final thought. So overall, L.A. story from 1991. You have both seen it before. So uh, you, we're going to ask you if it holds up. I have not seen it, so we will ask me, does it fuck? Um, Is there a different L.A. version of the of that? Does it does it law? No, I can't do does it law. Um, yeah, I mean, I does guess it we, take a meeting? <laughs> Would you have a meeting with it? Should I have a meeting with it? Um, yeah. All right, we'll keep we'll workshop this. Um, but does it workshop? <laughs> does um do people in LA still fuck? Uh, wait, does it colonic? I don't know. Anyway, um Brie uh LA Does it heal one? <laughs> Starting Steve Martin. Does it hold up? It rips, it slaps, all the all the adjectives. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, I love it. You still liked it as much as before? Yeah, now I have a more critical uh, feminist read on it, but um, you know, I because I I I think uh, what is her name, Victoria Tennant. Uh huh. Yeah. I I I I think she is not a good actress. Um, mm. but yeah, I mean, that's your she feminist was, perspective. Well, I I guess I, what I would say is like, you know, it's she's not well written. You know, there's just yeah, like a there's sure. just she's just English, and she's an outsider. <laughs> um. And also she, probably didn't have to audition. And she only exists like a, to the men, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, oh, I'm between my ex-husband and this guy I like, you know. Mm. Um, and she like, her character, like she's writing this story about L.A., but she doesn't actually seem to ever do work. Um, she takes one terrible photo, like on purposefully bad photo of Steve Martin, and then we never find out why. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, she, she doesn't get to have much of a life. Like if this was like a you know a movie that she like where it's like she was an important character kind of like you'd probably get like at least some part of that story right you'd think like if this is yeah. Sex in the City you'd get part of that story that that Carrie's working on yeah hopefully that'd be that'd be the capper um, yeah. also for sure uh, like we 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 don't know why she likes him I I feel like that. Like the reason to fall in yeah. love with the star is always an important question in a rom com. I feel, um, and I don't feel like uh, yeah, he's fine. Like they're both smart, I guess, and they're and everybody else around them is of kind of lower intelligence. That's right. where I, 
that's that's kind of where it is, but it's also like their sense of humor and like like the culture stuff. Like she really like she, he really falls in love with her when she starts doing Shakespeare, you know, which I think is really dumb. Oh, so my god, I can't believe we haven't even talked about the tuba. Yet. Rick Moranis and, yes. and stuff too. Okay, so yeah, two things we definitely oh, have to talk oh, about: oh, oh, Rick yeah, Moranis and the tuba. Okay, um, all <laughs> that's, that's my band name. Uh, <laughs> so oh, shit. Um, <laughs> she plays the tuba. Anyway, that's the that's the whole thing. Is she's just practicing the tuba. Um, she asks him like, "What time of day do people in LA get up so that it's like a reasonable time to for like some repeated low boomings?" Um, which is her practicing tuba. She's like mostly through a song when he shows up at her door, and then she's like, "Excuse me," closes the door, finishes the song, and then picks up. It's picks up. shaving a haircut. Oh, it's yeah, haircut, you can't, so it's like yeah, you can't leave her. that. Um, yeah, and it was just. It's also. Um, Megan pointed out not his first movie where his love interest plays a uh, plays brass for no reason. It's very manic pixie, right? It's just like she's weird. Only I like her. Nobody else appreciates her. Yeah. Um, the uh, Megan pointed out that the love interest in the jerk plays trumpet uh, during their uh-huh. um, when he's oh. playing ukulele. She just like yeah. busts out a trumpet solo. But That's right. What a great. Man, and then when no, she's like, no, get, no love for woodwinds. When she's Steve? getting on the plane to go back to London, she's just carrying the tuba as her only baggage. That's great. Anyway, yeah. uh, what was Rick Moranis doing? He was the he grave was digger. the grave digger. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the terrible like accent. It was wonderful. As the as the uh, chimney sweep accent grave digger, who for Shakespeare just, basically. Yeah, who's just like, hey, check out this skull. Real casual grave digger. Yeah, that was fun. Um, all right. So, Brie, 100%, it still holds up for you. Or like 100%. 90% because of some um, uh, m- feminist ideals. Yeah, but that shit happens now. So, it's not the sands of time that did that wrong. I guess, but. yeah, when people say, like, when we're like, I just feel like we're grading on a, on a curve, which is not to say that we I forgive everything from old movies. It's just like movies from the 90s have been like been have held up so much less than this one that we've watched a lot of things have like really not held up at all and this one like overall is like not nearly as bad as it could be so on a curve uh it's it's, it's aging all right pretty good um as does it hold up yeah i i still like it quite a bit i i think it's like it this was pretty enjoyable because of the stupid weird stuff like yes. when i was i guess like six or seven uh and like nice that most of the sex things i guess went over my head yeah um uh, but yeah, I mean, like this is like I think this is still like a, a good notable movie from 1991 in a, in a year of like actually very good movies. Uh, so this is like first Adam's Family has came out, Beating the Beast, uh, Terminator mm-hmm. Two, uh, mm-hmm. Dumb and Louise, Point Break, um, Silence of the Lambs, Boys in the Hood, Hook. Like it's like a wow. good, it's a good movie year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're mixing genres so much that it's like some things that are good for good and some things that are good because they're bad. But yeah, a lot of good stuff in that list. I don't. I don't want to know which one you're saying was which, so I'm, I'm not going to okay, ask sure. that question. All right, awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, Point Break was my main thing that I noticed, but see, that's the and that's the information that I didn't want to know. Yeah, because I, I didn't want to have to defend Point Break now. No, I love Point Break, but it's I I love Point Break for a different reason than I think. Like Be- Beauty and the Beast is incredible in a very different way than like Point Break is like you made a cheesy movie that is really perfect. All right. Anyway, okay. All right. Didn't mean to upset everybody. I thought that was a pretty neutral opinion on Point Break as a person who likes Point Break a whole lot. Um, Angela Lansbury recorded her whole part in Beauty and the Beast in that song in one take. 
Whoa, really? Whoa, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Beauty and the Beast theme. She didn't have it. She arrived all late and did it in one take. God damn. God damn. So now you tell me how great Point Break is. I. <laughs> oh, that like you're mad at me for that direction? Oh yeah. man. Um, no, I think Beauty and the Beast is. A, I was saying Beauty and the Beast is a much better movie, and oh, not okay. just because she murdered that song she wrote. Hey. I don't hate that. Good job, man. Yeah, buddy. Good Boy. for you. You deserve to move to LA. I, oh man, Jesus that's just gonna take a meeting. So, uh, does it fuck? I mean, I so yeah. Like I said, I think on a curve, it holds up okay. I think the <laughs> it fucks on a curve. It fucks on a curve. I'm like, what is it? What, what's that ramp? Like the um a sex ramp yeah the, like yeah there's a there's a name for it. liberator that's one fucks on a curve i used to know a guy like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've taken we've maybe like gone off the rails here at the end i um I, th- I i think it does it fucks on that curve i think it uh the the i mean i really like romance uh and i i just i i like people falling in love in movies and i feel like that part of it is a little disappointing um yeah but the gags sort of like the like sort of like airplane like the yeah just, it has a very airplane feel the airplaney part of it i loved uh i loved so many of these gags and it, like the tuba is just a great thing that i like i had totally forgotten about it because it's not important but it's I was like oh yeah i loved the tuba i was just delighted by it every time it happened um so that level of like wackiness, I think, is just a delight. I also love a little casual magic, um, yeah. even if it does end up being ugh, aliens. Yeah, some of that the cash magic. Yeah, a little cash magic. Is that, that is a genre I'm highly into. Um, what is there? Do you have a different example of cash magic? Is it like, or are you like, is that uh, Groundhog Day then? Or oh yeah, Groundhog what, what, Day is definitely cash magic. Perfect. I was okay. I couldn't think of anything, but that's a perfect example. Uh, mannequin. Is, um, is, is that is that where there's a mannequin that comes to life? Yeah, but now that I think of it, I think there might be like a curse or something. Yeah, <laughs> isn't well, it romantic? Might be cashmash. Oh yeah, I, I actually that. I like that. What's the cash magic in that? She wakes up in a rom com. Oh, I haven't seen it. But it's not like explained or anything, right? No, it's just a thing that happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I guess I think the explanation is like probably brain damage. <laughs> 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 but, but I mean, that's sure, um, what is what is cashmash? It's not some like brain damage, splash. guys. Splash was some cashmash. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Guys, do we do we just coin a genre? Are we like are we trendsetters? Um. Yeah. Can we do for it. Sure. I mean, this this was like a rommage. Um. But I that doesn't sound as good. I think most actually, I'm gonna say most cashmash. Is Rommage. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, lo- like uh, it was Love Potion number nine. Um, yeah, mm. I, I, there's a lot of like just like we needed a little bit of magic to make this mm-hmm. rom com fall together. Um, yeah, cool. It's usually, usually it's, you basically just need like some moment where there's a little bit of wind and a little bit of chimes. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> some chimes. Oh, uh, <laughs> practical magic is sort of cash mag. Well, it's mm. more pra mag. Pragmash. All right. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think I, I should have just ended on fucks on a curve. That was the best summary of this movie. So I, I yeah, I had a very good time, um, and, and it did not, it did not scare me away from moving to Los Angeles. Although I, you know, the crime of the '90s is kind of intense. Um, that that uh, like the mugging scene is just like, if that resonated with anybody, that's a little bit intimidating. Mm. So yeah. Well, the- 
crime, crime of the 90s is alive in Los Angeles. No, I'm not into that joke. So <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. So I guess uh, Alexit still on track, not ruined by this movie. Are we trying to dissuade you? Oh, I hope not. Um, okay. Like, so... It only just now occurred to me that that was a possibility. <laughs> Actually, it occurred to me half through the movie, I was like, what if this is terrifying and I don't want to do it? That would be a real miss for how to this podcast... I want it to be more of a little LA-type celebration, because there's a lot of anti-LA propaganda out there, and I want to, like, be a little more positive about it. Well, uh, we can spend December, you know, going through the like historic racism of Oregon if you want or like oh yeah <laughs> yeah that sounds or watching portlandia episode by episode well there are four episodes of that show that would be a total delight to watch yeah i'm not those ones <laughs> you the ones i'm not in let's definitely yeah, watch yeah the, the ones you're not in yeah. um yeah uh yeah okay well i don't know how to end on any of this well, i don't know where the ending of this was but it is probably hopefully back there somewhere you know, in Oregon movies, uh, one of the big ones is One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. And oh, so, yeah. like, I think most of Oregon is just an insane asylum. And what was the, there was like the, was an Elephant a Portland movie? The school shooting yeah. movie? Yeah. Elephant. Yep, that's in there. Yeah, it's not great. I think you should cut earlier. Yeah, for sure earlier than this. <laughs> oh, did you guys see uh, Green Room? Nope. No. The like uh, uh, horror movie horror, with Patrick Stewart. Yeah, the horror movie with Patrick Stewart no. about Nazis in Oregon. I um, don't see horror movies, but I don't usually. Yeah, me neither. I read the summaries. Some friends involved. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we'll definitely cut over than all of this. Well, yeah. is there a game to end with? No, we usually end somewhere. We Patty <laughs> cake. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening to 2.41, uh, to our L.A. Story podcast. We will be back again next week with another great L.A. movie. Um, if we have any that we did not mention in the, as a possibility, or if you just want to make the case that I shouldn't require it to have L.A. in the title, um, then I would consider other movies about Los Angeles. So um, go ahead, hit up, hit me up, podcast at read-weep.com. Um, also... Congratulate me on moving to LA if you want. That's a good place to do it. Um, we will be back with more of this fun of Alexit as the month continues on. Thank you for being here at Bree Pruitt. Oh, yes. I'll have a twist of lemon with all of this podcast. <laughs> yeah? That's the thing they did. Oh, yeah. The brunch, they all ordered twists. Oh, there was also, that was another question I had. Everybody ordered something decaf at the. Is that or half, there, well? There's a half calf with a half calf. Yeah. Is there a lot of Bree, Is there a lot of decaf in LA? No, I just think it's like a power trip to make waiters do stuff. Oh. I think there was a time like it was sort of the same kind of like diet time. There's like a time when like caffeine was bad, right? Yeah, you're cutting out a lot of more things. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, I think sense. they moved on, like the people who are carried about that. They moved on to cutting out gluten and such. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. So if, this, if he was making this movie today, there'd be a thing. About yeah, yeah. It's a different. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's like it's being able to be specific about the things you want for totally. sure. Totally <laughs> awesome. All right, and thanks for joining us. So anyway, uh, Bree, um, this is our last episode from afar. <laughs> the next time we record, maybe we'll be in the same room in L. A. It'll be great fun. I can't wait. That's uh, gonna be awesome. All right, and thanks for being here, Ez. I look forward to passing through you on the way to L. A. I'll, I'll like be a, the a ghost. <laughs> That's pretty good. I was gonna say like a like a decaf latte. Um, huh. These are all good jokes. Anyway, good jokes, guys. These are all good jokes. That's the 
new tagline for the show. I, if you say it, it has to be true. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for talking. It's always great to hear from you. And yeah, likewise, uh, likewise. we will be back next week with more. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.